It feels so good to be here. Episode seven. Yeah, yeah. Kick like, us off. We we were just like clipping away this week, so it was just like ready to push something new out. But yeah, this is episode seven of the Contract Your Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. If you've been active on Instagram, we've been clipping you guys to death. We're gonna figure out a little bit better way to do that. Also, the TikTok we're gonna start kicking off here pretty soon, and same with the YouTube page. So appreciate you guys checking in, and officially the contract year collection two giveaway has started previous pods we're giving away free apparel for anybody who's subscribed to our youtube page or your favorite dsp streaming channel to our podcast so if you send us a screenshot of you subscribe to both hit us up in the dm with a picture and you can look through the catalog it's posted on ig what's available but the story behind that is i'm not allowed to print clothing anymore lost a trademark dispute which is okay because we just pivoted into this podcast which i think is amazing pivot but wanted to essentially get back to the community, everybody who supported us uh, the whole way through, not only Contract Gear, but Southpaw as well. Yeah, and if you can't, if you're on YouTube and you can't find, you search for Contract Gear, Contract Gear podcast, at least for these first couple of days, weeks, I found it's, it's. I, I'm not, I'm learning it yet. It's a little hard to find. So go to our, our Twitter, Instagram. We've got a link, our links posted and should be able links to direct. Links where links be at, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, should be able to take you where you need to go. Exactly, exactly. And I, I think we'll be a little bit more present once we actually start posting our videos out there. We've just been working on the clips. Uh, we'll have full, full pods. So if you're a visual podcast watcher or participator, that'll be up pretty soon. But actually I'm wearing one of the pieces now. It's a trucker Navy. We've got a trucker black and we've got a navy snapback and a black snapback as well for for all my hat people and a black bucket. They're really nice. I have a humongous head and <laughs> most hats don't fit me. Those hats do. Yeah, man. Once one size fits all, one size yeah. fits all. But I see you ripping Detroit, man. Mm -hmm. I, I I like that jersey a lot. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of my, my favorite jerseys. Do you have you ever do you remember the Tigers wearing? I mean, this was before our time, but yeah, this was throwback, in, throwback. Throwback, throwback. This is jersey they wore back in nineteen eighty four. Okay. I, oh, I peeped the world that's a World Series one. Okay. Like a world Series nineteen eighty four. So, so I wanted to rock this today because I have a Southpaw Stories that we're going to jump into early. Sweet, sweet. And I thought, hey, maybe this is a little little segue. Yeah. I, I got to ask you, do you know what the date was when the last time the Tigers won the World Series? No clue. No clue. Zero clue. Well, it was in 1984. October 14th, 1984. Here's a slab. I know I've showed trading cards in the past. Oh, okay. but like, Here's a slab of a ticket stub from the World Series game on October 14th, 1984. Sweet. Where so where would you get something like this? This this was on eBay. I probably got an eBay okay. or okay. there are consignment shops or different platforms out there now that that hold auctions or or store people's cards and slabs and stuff and okay. and put on these auctions to to sell them on their behalf. So this was one I picked up, but I don't actually own it anymore. I gifted this to two people really close to me. I gifted these really? to my, my parents. They were married. On October 14th, 1984, the day the Tigers Get won the, the World Series. Series. Swear, swear. People left their wedding to go to this game oh. or to leave and go watch the game. Um, 
So it's something I've been I, I've been keeping my eye on or, or, or looking around for a couple of years and, and decided to pull the trigger and and snag this last year and gave it to them for their anniversary. This and, is why I love Southpaw stories. Man. It's <laughs> like this, like it keeps getting cooler every single time. Like that is a super dope anniversary gift, like right. super thoughtful. Like They were telling me I, I was just over there since <laughs> my my the first floor of my house is like collapsing and I can't live at my house oh, right yeah. now. So I'm, I'm staying at my parents and they were they had some friends over a couple nights ago and they were they were telling old stories and somehow it came up about the Tigers and they, they ended up showing this to them and it seemed to be a, a big hit. No, but, that's uh, awesome, man. Like that's that's very thorough and we'll, kind of you. We'll get this up on on, uh, on, on the IG on, on the real YouTube. But yeah, I uh, I thought that was a, a cool one to to bring and show. We were talking about ticket resale yeah. an episode or two ago. I was like, all right. I got one of those. That's crazy that somebody actually had the foresight to like, I'm going to hold on to this. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that was 40 plus years ago. Like, would you ever keep ticket stubs or anything? Like, I know I wish. I wish I did. <laughs> like, I, I probably have a couple that I have kept on accident. Like, yeah. <laughs> definitely was not intentional. I feel like, like at the time, maybe for a, a year, like at different periods of time, I would keep tickets to things I go to. But if I. I moved or even like changed room in my parents' house. Like I'd probably throw them away or something. Right. Because right. I didn't know what they were going to be now. Because that, that's intentionally like well-kept because it, any ticket stub or anything that I have, it's to smithereens smither right. because it's was folded up somewhere or I packed it with something and it's just like. It's gone. Yeah. The cool thing about this, this is actually, it received the lowest grade. So it's pretty jacked up. And it's what, 40 years ago. I mean, you look on the back, there's some some discoloration and stuff. But I think I I was looking before. I can't remember the number. There are only like 27 of those out there. I'm pulling up the the PSA app. This is graded by PSA. Okay. So I'm going to scan that barcode. Scan, baby. There we go. Oh, come on. See, and now, there we go. Now I know how to cut this stuff. So, I don't know why they picked up the wrong. It's always when you're trying to show somebody something. I know, right? <laughs> it always it weird. It like pulled up a completely different card. <laughs> I can cut. Okay, here we go. So, there are only five of these that are graded one, okay. which is the lowest grade. It goes from one to 10, best, best being a 10. And there's only 27 of any grade higher. So whether it's a two or three, okay. four. So there are only 32 of these in existence. Sweet. At the moment. That's incredible. Crazy, right? Yeah. Like, again, props to you. Like, I have to step my anniversary game up. No. <laughs> this just happened to be like, all things came together were the things I was interested in and found something for them. Now my, now I think about gifts all different, too. Is so. that is there someone on the back of your jersey? There is. There is. See on the back? Oh, Bergman. Okay. Yeah. Dave Bergman. Dave Bergman. Dave Bergman. He was on the team. He was on the uh, the World Series winning team in 1984. But I actually had a, a personal relationship with him. He started the Gross Point Redbirds, a summer based team. And really, they were there when we were in high school, they were 15, 16, 17, 18, and under uh, travel baseball we would play in the summer. He started this program. That's what I should have said a program out in Gross Point that I played on for my junior and senior year was an absolute blast. Sweet. He wasn't the coach, but he was around a lot, and he just made a, a, a profound impact on me and my baseball career, just teaching me little things about the game and supporting me when I don't know why this, you know, semi-famous man who I'm, I'm just meeting, like, 
cares about me or any, you so know, was he like an advisor? He said he wasn't a, a coach per se. Yeah. He, okay. he was basically like the, the owner of the organization. Oh, okay. Okay. So he would come to most of the games and he actually taught me and gave me the confidence to throw a two seam fastball, which I don't know if mm. you know what that there are two different kinds of fastballs, a four seam and a two seam. Okay. Normally four seam fastball is kind of what most people, if you just accidentally pick up a ball, know how to do you're, you just kind of naturally throw a four seam fastball. It's a little harder and it's straighter. A two seamer is a little softer fastball with some movement on it. So it kind of cuts, you know, okay. it cuts to my arm side. I'm a lefty. I'm a southpaw. The ball will go <laughs> away. And he taught me that pitch and, and we can get deep into, into some baseball yeah. at another time. That's interesting because I didn't know there was types of fastball. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. There, there's, there are all different kinds of pitches. That's why baseball is such a, such a great game. There's so many different intricacies yeah. to it no but, I, I did not know that <laughs> yeah no he so he had a great impact he helped help me in the recruiting process you know talking to coaches and and ultimately getting to the university of michigan where where i played he ended up passing away a year or two after i graduated from michigan he was uh, he was battling an illness for a while but it's rough a really amazing amazing man who i'll, I'll always remember and you know, I got his name on the back of this jersey so yeah, I can show him off, show him off and be proud. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. So I there's my Southpaw like stories. That. Yeah, man. Hold on. There we go. That was probably our best Southpaw story because it was like, it was so sentimental and thoughtful. Like, that's another way you can use these yeah. cards and, and tickets. Like, the fact that this was, this was in the stadium. This was in Tiger Stadium, which I think is where they're playing in 1984. I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure. That, I'm sure. That or, oh, uh, if that's the case, I don't know. <laughs> so this was in. Someone had this ticket inside the stadium. There's something cool about that to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, I know Detroit, we're on the topic of Detroit. Yeah. While we're while we're on our, our rest in peace gang here, rest in peace, Dan Hutchinson. So if you don't know who Dan Hutchinson, he was the owner of famous jewelry store in Detroit called Hutch. So a lot of my friends, actually, and myself, we all own a piece of his jewelry. Like, oh, do you? Very prominent figure in Detroit. There's a couple other jewelry stores as well. And shout out to Chapman's Jewelry. I just got a piece from you. Thank you so much, Max. Appreciate you. It was it was kind of shocking to see. Like, I don't know if you saw any of the pictures or anything like that, but it was a clear targeted assassination on his life. Again, he's been a prominent figure. Like, if you get drafted by a Detroit sports team, you probably go straight to Hutch. Mm -hmm. other, some point. other musicians, celebrities yeah. come in town. Musicians, literally everybody checks in for like a, a piece of jewelry. So he was tragically killed a couple days ago. And if you saw any of the pictures, his SUV was just full of lit up bullet holes. So my friends and I, we have our own speculations. I won't speak on those, but just wanted to shout out Dan because I mean, a lot of what you see and what people are wearing downtown come from Hutch. Yeah. Like it, it, it was honestly really sad. Like, I don't know. Our group chat was going crazy because we all own some, something from him. Yeah. So it's just like, I, I bet I, I didn't know of him before. I feel like we're, we're reliving the story of, of Nipsey and Virgil. And yeah. these, we were talking about, it, I think last pot, it's like, I didn't necessarily know who he was or know Hutch's jewelry, Hutch's before, but once it happened and I saw the outpouring of love and, and, all different types of people, yeah. uh, all different walks of life, like talking about their experience with him, like an old, an old teammate of mine who played baseball in Traverse city. Like, I don't know how he knew him or was connected, yeah. but it was like, he wrote something on Facebook that was just like, this man was just a great person. Oh, and, for real? Yeah. Okay. I was like, damn, I, 
he he made an, a big impact on people and, and and man rest in peace yeah i haven't had the pleasure of meeting him personally but yeah. seeing seeing how we moved and like his that his actual store was dope met some incredible people in there too I know they put up a statement today saying the store is closed until further notice. They're going to be public again, but they're figuring some things out, obviously. But want to shout out Hutch. I know a lot of at least people in my circle are like just like thrown back by it. Like, how could this happen? Yeah, man. It's just been like, I don't know, a very, very scary start to the to the summer this year. Yeah. Like overall, not only Gone. in Detroit, obviously, but everywhere else. Yeah. So. Gun violence, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, Vi- man. Violence. Yeah. I shouldn't even say gun. It's it's violence. It's cyber violence. Violence Crim- in like, general. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like, I, I know we don't want to stay on this on the neg- negativity for for too long, but man, it's too it's too easy for criminals to get away with what they're doing these days. Yeah. Like, like, I, I posted when I lost my dog the other week. My mom posted something on on Facebook through like a formal site. One of the first messages that came across is someone trying to scam her and the people in the comments. Like, we found her, click this link, like, so we can, whatever the case was, I think my mom clicked it. Or, yeah. like, it's so, people are trying to take advantage of people in the worst times and it's, it's right. bad. Right. And I think we might have mentioned this already, so forgive me, but I think it was Dave Chappelle. He did a stand up in the midst of the pandemic. It was like a little bit more of a serious one. But he was saying he was loving it because the mass shootings aren't a thing anymore. And I just feel like now we're back outside. I mean, obviously, COVID is still around and and it's still very prevalent, but it it wasn't really as impactful as it was when we were locked away for three years. So now everybody's back outside and it's it's the stakes have been risen like it's the 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 next level to what we were talking about when fans are going in the arenas after yeah. the pandemic and just losing their shit. Like thinking they dude, run get the it shit. together. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is that taking it another level, but people got to figure their shit out. Yeah, man. I, it's uh, disgusting, man. Yeah. It's but, disgusting. but not to take away from the, the incredible career, incredible person career that, that Hutch built and I, Detroit entrepreneur. I'm, I, I don't know his story, but I'm assuming, you know, he started this shop. In Detroit. I think my boy told me who who's the jeweler. He told me that he started like peddling his jewelry in 12 Oaks. Like, oh, really? Yeah, I think. I don't like, don't quote me on I that. I might I have you. to look that up, but it, that might be another jeweler in Detroit. But but a local entrepreneur? Yeah. Just just getting things going, man. Getting things going. So you got to commend that. Yeah. So. Yeah. R.I.P. Hutch. R.I.P. Hutch, man. Yeah. So. So. There was another death last night. The Oregon Ducks baseball team. Uh-oh. <laughs> I was thinking, how are we going to segue? <laughs> There's no good way to segue that. <laughs> There's no good segue. No, quick shout out. Michigan Baseball, my former team. Hey. They made the College World Series after winning the big. <laughs> they made the College World Series after winning the Big Ten Championship and won their first game last night. They, they go to like a, a regional, almost mini tournament with four teams. Okay. Uh, the winner of that then moves on to. Kind of like the NCAA basketball tournament. There's a, you know, Sweet 16, Elite Eight type tournament. So they're in in the College World Series, which is a big deal for a Michigan and, and Absolutely. A, a Northern baseball team. You know, college baseball tends to be dominated by the Southern schools. Okay. You know, they can be outside and Kind of like football? Kind of like football, but I think there's more of like a weather variable and, and advantage to uh, it. Like yeah. with baseball, baseball, you kind of have to play outside. And, and mm-hmm. you live in Texas and California and Florida. You can play year round and and work on work on. That's true. That's true. Two of the four years, 
that I was at Michigan, we actually one of the years our first home game we were shoveling snow off the field to play the game two of the years we you guys physically had to do that yeah yeah oh, it's a huge yeah. field i mean we had a ground screw and everything but like we all had to you know get get it done did the other team help with this or is just you're you're the home yeah okay, yeah probably funny. not but also like two out of the four years the first time we took a a fly ball outside like our outfielders would take fly balls was in the first game that we would play down south like we would go travel for six weeks you know each weekend we would go to california or florida or mm. whatever we wouldn't play our home game till like our 25th game of the season so okay it was wow. wild but but they had a decent year and, and are starting to starting to hit their stride at the right time heading Sweet. into the playoffs are Yo. you are you still connected to anybody on the current staff or not uh, like that not it's a completely different it's a, it's a completely different staff than when I was there. It's a, a new coach came in the year after I I graduated, and he's he's kind of revamped the program. We okay. were so still same that same coach. It hasn't been like yeah, okay. same coach from cool. college two thousand twelve thirteen to now. When he was a coach, he was the I think the youngest head coach in NCAA baseball history. He was like thirty five or thirty six. Wow. Just a real high energy guy, um, and really I think really turned around the direction the program was headed. Not that. It was, we were a bad, we were a really good right. program, but he kind of took it to this level where now we are competing consistently on the national stage, Sweet. which is a big thing for, for Northern. Absolutely. Yeah. So won their first game they played again today on ESPN two at four o'clock against cool. Louisville. Cool. Okay. Go blue. When, when was the last time you've been to a game? It's been a couple of years. Really? Okay. It's like it all. And again, it's probably just all excuses, but like, I mean, it's fine. I was just curious. Yeah. You know, you get into the spring and, and. I just want to say the weather's nice, which would lead into going to a baseball game. So <laughs> I don't know, like last couple of years you get busy and you yeah, make excuse not to drive to Ann Arbor. It's stupid, but you still uh, support them though. So that's yeah. Yeah. We should go to a game next year. I would be down <laughs> next year. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're yeah, yeah. playing at home now. I got uh, you. But yeah, go blue, go Michigan baseball. I was actually listening to one of our previous pods. And like just as as film and sorry, guys, I'm working on my um, I know I say um a lot, <laughs> so I'm, I'm working on that. But you say I say like I like I lead into words with like a, it's just because I'm trying to pick the correct word and I just get stuck and I've got to feel the airtime. And I think that's just what happens. The I more need, we do it, it'll, I, we'll get better. I we'll we'll out. work on that. But I was listening to one of our previous podcasts before we went to VCon and I was trying to figure out. I was trying to wrap my head around the whole project. And I know we talked off mic too. I'm like, oh, brother, what, what does this mean? What does five mean? Should I get a Gary V signature? And like, that's what wh all episode five is about. Yeah, like almost. what, what am I doing? And so while we were at VCon, I was talking to a couple people online. I think, I think it might've been when I was sitting in the world of women line, trying to meet Eva Longoria. And so he showed me a couple of his pieces that he was thinking about purchasing and one of them that stood out to me was that you're going to die fly on this like shark island. So it was like a cohesive piece. I don't know what the hell Gary's going to do with it. We'll show it right here. <laughs> I, I have no idea what he's going to do with it. But I, I thought like it's it's coolly, smoothly worded like you're going to die fly. Right. So but it's also a fly, but it's literally a fly. So. I thought it was an interesting piece to like bring into my collection and see what the future holds with that. Such a cool reason to buy it. And you ended up, you, you got it at V, maybe not actually in the stadium, but like that weekend. Yeah, I got it that weekend. You were looking around and was like, 
you, you decided to, to that was my out. predetermined goal going in. I was like, I, I need something. That's what you said. That's you. Gonna, I'm sure something's going to speak to me. So I didn't want to buy one right before, even though I was very, very tempted uh, because I didn't know if you showed up there without one, you would not have certain access to things or whatever the case. But I figured I'll just go there and see yeah. if anything stands up. It's a, it's one of the more unique tokens. Like like the the character in VF2 is not it's a really cool looking character, but like it was even more discreet in in version 1. Right. Where it's literally a, a sketch of like it's the sun, right? Yeah. And then a little dot that's the fly and there's you're going to die fly. Yeah, and the the fly pattern behind yeah. the fly. And so so like the the concept behind it is like eventually you're going to die. It's like the FOMO token. Like eventually yeah. you're going to die. Just fly and just go. Exactly. And that's exactly why I, I bought it. And that's exactly what I'm doing this podcast. Cause like doing, doing my nine to five, like just doing everything for a check. It's like, you're going to die. Like doing this, like, yeah. do stuff you love while you're here. <laughs> yeah. Fly. And yeah. then it's a fly. Like that, now the character is a fly. Right. And you're just cool with the sharks around. Like it's very, it, it's cool. Right. But now what is he going to do with like, how is that going to be involved? That's what I was going to say for the audience who are like, what the hell are you guys talking about right now? So like Gary V has this series two project of his original drawings. But if you've been paying close attention, he has been marketing and branding these, pro these series two characters, characters. already. So uh, it's the gifted goat. I believe he made a partnership with the Johnny Walker label. So if, if you in the whiskeys or whatever, you might come across his NFT on your bottle. And while we were at VCon, I think it was the aspiring alpaca has a Reebok deal. No way. And so if you collect shoes or whatever, you can get one of his NFT shoes. I think it was, I on think someone's, it was Reebok. It was on someone was, who was wearing it? It was on someone's shoe, right? It was, it was in the case. It was in one of those cases. You're right. Um, you're right. So I think you can, you can go ahead and purchase those, but I just wanted to give you guys examples of what he's doing with these NFTs. He's making brand deals and, and, and sponsorships with them. So adding value to each individual character. Mm -hmm. So he was up at VCon saying like, I promise you for each character, there's going to be some sort of uh, real life utility associated to it, branded with it or whatever. Yeah. So if you got a black cat, that's like the face of series two. So that one's very expensive. You were talking about the pickleball yeah. uh, last episode. They just had the, their first major league pickleball game. Right. And the competitive hold, clown is the mascot. Yeah, right? Holders yeah. of it was either the clown and the pickleball scene or, or I, it might've just been the pickleball scene back. We're able to go to this event for free and, and ex and have an experience, you know, run by the V Friends team. It, it seemed pretty cool. Yeah, and he's putting his money where his mouth is. Like, yeah. He, it's it's going to be, I mean, there's a lot of characters, so it's it might take some time for some of these things to develop. I picked the You're Gonna Die Fly because I think, I just want to see what he does with it. It's just. That's one that's so out there. Like, it's hard to to use your imagination and think, what, what could he be thinking? But right. That's why it'll be good to watch. Right, right. Which ones do you? you Real quick, which ones do you have again? I have the humble hummingbird. Yep. The capable caterpillar mm -hmm. and the common sense cow. Has he done anything with those yet? Not yet. Okay. I'm expecting decent things out of the humble hummingbird. He loves that word humble. Yeah. It's actually not my favorite V2 character, just the aesthetic, but it's cute. But I think I think a hummingbird is a versatile character. I actually think a cow is like 
an extremely versatile character, just mm. where my brain is going and, you know, food and milk and like yeah. a cow is a very interesting. Save the cows, yeah. make some vegan products. and Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. <laughs> like being a common sense cow, maybe, you know, he's partnered with with Budweiser. Maybe they do like a, a responsible driving, like uh, with okay. the cow, some kind of, who knows? Possibilities it's, are endless. That's, and, that's what excites me about the entire project. Yeah. See, have, you, have you seen that the Lamello Ball commercial, the Hulu commercial, where yeah. he talks about the Lamarshmallows? Yeah. Like, oh, it's a Lamarshmallow. Crazy things like that's just like a small part of that clip, but like that's the level it could. That's the weirdness it could go. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be wild. Would you consider picking up any more? I would. You would. I would. Yeah. I almost. I I didn't have enough ETH, but I almost pulled the trigger on one. There was a Gary B that was evolving and it was on, it was on like a declining price on OpenSea. Okay. And it ended up selling for like 2.29 ETH, which is a lot, but considering where all the other ones were at and it's evolved, like I thought it was a steal. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. For sure. So, but I didn't end up getting it. There's some other cool ones. I'm not in super buy mode right now. Yeah. Although I do think it, it's a good you, time to be in it. If you have the money, it's a good time to buy, but it's also still, there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, vulnerability. There's a lot going on right now. I'm going to tell you where I'm stuck. Hit me. I am stuck between Ethereum and Solana right now. Are you trying to figure out what to do? I'm trying to figure out, should I sway to the Solana side and prepare for this bubble goose ballers drop and invest in the Catalina whales? Or should I just keep on trucking on with my Ethereum game and try to get an OG project? I'm stuck Decisions. because I think the Wagme Beach guys, they are, they are the OG Soul. Solana figures. And so it's like, do I just want to try that? Just, you I know think, what I'm saying? Like, I'm stuck. I think you need to taste it. <laughs> like, 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 That's what I think too. Like, I mean, maybe not go all in at the beginning on Soul, but. Go find this. These you found a project or two projects. Have that be your jumping off point. I want to get on the whitelist because I think it's going to be a crazy drop. But I don't think bubble that's goose ballers. Be, yeah, I don't think that's going to be possible. So I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm just going to save up and because I really want to get one or two. I me too, and I I'm maybe less interested in like, but I want to experience Soul, and I think it's an awesome project. Too. Yeah, yeah. I know Soul's having some issues, like. They I keep had, reading that they had outages and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Work it out. I'm with it. It's just like, to your point, that's how I learn. I gotta, I gotta have this. How does it affect you when Soul goes down and you own a Soul token? Or no, am I? Doesn't right now. Like, oh no, I, I was just like, we're trying to figure that out. A yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, experience it. You want to get a soul token. Yeah. Like, so when shit happens to soul, you experience it. Right. And what happened? Like, what happens when the network goes down? Because it has gone down a couple times. Like, what actually transpires? So right. I am kind of stuck. I feel like I should. I do want to dabble, but at the same time, it's like I got you. <laughs> I, I haven't done I haven't done my own research yet. I'm gonna make a statement that's not educated yet, yeah. but just my initial thoughts. Like, I think over time the interoperability between Ethereum and Soul or Cardano, like whatever the platform is, I think NFTs act as a hedge to Ethereum or to whatever cryptocurrency yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's not easy to you, you buy your token on Ethereum. It's difficult to 
is move it. Like, I don't even yeah. know the terminology. Like, it get it to another platform. whatever Whatever destination that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what happens right now? Ethereum's the, the big boy. Yeah. What happens if they end up being the Yahoo of the early internet and the Google and Amazon are still out? Like, right. And that could be so. Right. Like, it could be. The transactions are quicker, which is what attracts people over that way. Right. But at the same time, they're having network issues because of the high speed of the whole thing. Right. But like the Wagme Beach guys were saying, they didn't see a dip in usage really users but i don't know now when it just happened what yeah. it looks like but when it happened back in november they were saying like people were still wearing your soul hats that's why we got to experience it yeah you're right yeah so i'm like F yeah interesting <laughs> no but yeah so you think if if ethereum the currency goes away and the, and the the blockchain if you if you still have your NFTs, you can move them to whatever you mm -hmm. want eventually. Yeah. Uh, now they're a little little tied. So interesting. I I definitely I need you to jump in a soul so you can teach me how to <laughs> like yeah, there's I, opportunity I, there. There's YouTube University that I really need to hop into. And I know a couple of my homies that I want to have on the pod. They've been on soul for a while. So have you listen to any soul podcasts? I haven't. I haven't I haven't even tried to search for one, but that's definitely something I should do. Maybe we need to become the experts. Yeah. At that. I mean, I don't know. We got to get Bubba Goose Ballers. It's crazy. But the concept, like, educating ourselves on these different blockchains or different ways to put out projects, I think, I think it might help us. This is totally hypothetical. Help us understand more about creative control and IP and, like, yeah. where is the best blockchain to put out your project? Yeah. There's got to be a reason. I don't know the differences too well enough. You know, you, you just listed off a couple of soul, but, like, Bubble Goose Ballers, why do they why do they put it on soul? What are the other IP and creative control things to consider? Yeah, yeah. And with that, like giving away a part of what you built as well. Like what's gonna be the best platform for that? And I, that's something that we're going through right now, like trying to figure out, okay, what what is the best means to record and get this to the consumer correctly or the way that we want it to get to somebody? And so there's different avenues that we can take that hopefully doesn't take away from the art or the integrity or the vision of right. what we're trying to set out to do. And so I think that's what a lot of these artists and these founders are going through. Somebody very, very interested in their art. Like take, take, um, yeah, World of Women. Art's incredible. I don't know the whole story as far as who came up with the idea to make this an NFT, but. I'm sure she had to make a decision on who to partner with to get to where this needs to go. And I'm sure she had to make some sacrifices along the way yes. to achieving what she's achieved today. So it's like, what were those sacrifices? Yeah. What went into those decisions? Yeah. Because that's a, that's a completely different NFT artist than a mumbot mm -hmm. who is completely like doing her own thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's two different and now, ways you can go. Yeah, yeah. And now with World of Women, you know, implanting itself into the NFT, like they're, we say blue chip a lot. Who knows if there's really a blue chip out there, right. but they are like the top women-led, women-focused, women-started project. Um, I'm sure they've gotten offers from big-time oh, yeah. companies wide. I, I would love to know 
why she turned someone down, why she is considering this versus that. Yeah. Like, who'd she part? Why'd she partner with yeah. this person and not this person? Yeah. Like, because we, we've talked a lot about NFTs being such an important catalyst in, in artists and music and being able to keep the, all that control from the start. But that doesn't mean that you don't need help along the way right. or it's not smart to sign with someone or to, you know, consider help in different ways. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe you're not giving up the whole project, but the way media is changing, the way, the way, you know, I mean, exactly what we're going through now. Mm -hmm. We know what we want to talk about and we're, we're kind of, we're touching on a lot of different topics, but they're all things that we enjoy and want to talk about. And they're tied together and, and at least in our, in, in our mindset, they're tied together. So somebody from the outside who has an interest into this podcast, interest into our YouTube, interest into our clips might not get that. Right. And would offer up a solution or advice like, Hey, get rid of that and you guys can go here. Like, so that's something to consider. And I just, I'm very curious about what these specifically the NFT artists go through. I know like taking in real time, like for people who listen to this podcast and might not really understand con conceptually NFTs right now, take your favorite musician. They start out their career somehow like singing in the church, rapping at school, busing, bus, bustling, Bussing? Bustling. Bussing? Busting? <laughs> What's the word when they play outside and sing, sing and play just on the street? Oh, um, uh, Busking. 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 Okay. <laughs> they might be busking <laughs> on the street. And <laughs> like every, everybody gets their start somehow. And so somebody peeps the talent or they're so talented, their talent takes them to a certain level. But to get where they want to go mainstream wise or underground wise or whatever their goal is. There's somebody offering them a situation. Hey, sign to me. We'll take care of your distribution. We'll take care of X, Y, and Z. But we're going to need you to sing these kind of songs. We're going to need you to rap about this. We're going to need you to change your look. We're going to need you to do a song with this person. We, we, we need you to go to this radio station. And so that might go against everything that you stand for. Right. But at the same time, what is your ultimate goal? Are you trying to be, what level are you trying to be at? And so it's always this decision there Yeah, with people with interest. They, they want to kind of have some sort of uh, say in how this goes, if they're going to invest in you or if they're going to back you or whatever the case may be. But it's, it's just real interesting, like all together. Yeah. And you think of how all aspects of life. Really. It is. I was just about to say like the, the similar concept, but like the different things to consider when you're a musician versus an artist versus a podcaster. Any or, sort of business person. Yeah. Like we're, we're not trying to put out music of ourself and, and, and someone's trying to change like everything about us. We're, we're trying to help others, educate others, share what we're going through through a podcast. And we're going through a lot of different things. Like this is a, a wild time in the world and technology and everything we're talking about on this podcast. So does it make more sense for someone like us to seek help in, in distributing get that, the word out, you know, and I'm not saying it does or it doesn't. I'm just like, these are the thought process. Yeah. You know, it's not something I'm drawing or creating that, that is inside my soul that someone wants to change that. But 
if they tell you you gotta you only can talk about this stuff or you can right. only can have these types of guests that's kind of maybe maybe we just talk through that live like maybe that's how a podcaster is affected yeah or things to consider who knows because yeah. i mean right now we're completely independent we've been working and pushing out all of our own content i only know i know we're on episode seven we're going to be consistent with moving forward it took but, us a couple of weeks to just kind of figure everything yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, like, it's like you and I know each other uh, personally, but it it is a chemistry thing on mic, and then we have to figure out how we want this thing to look, how we're going to market it, who is our targeted audience, really. like, And that's all off mic, and that's two people. Like, yeah. we get along great, but there's things we talk about, and it's like, we got to have both input, and sometimes we're still getting a feel for each other. Yeah, like, and, and honestly, that's what I really like about this podcast. Like, we come from two different worlds, too, So, but we're interested. A lot of our interests are intertwined, so we see it from different angles, and I yes. think that's, like, cool to put out there. Yes, that's our value. Yeah. Now, what that looks like or how how we communicate that, right now we're figuring it out on our own, and and we're going to be doing this for a while, and and – that's why we want feedback. We want people yeah. to, to, to help and, and tell us what we're good and bad at. But like, those are the things that we need to talk about. We want to keep our own opinions and perspectives, but like, are we steering way too much? Should we right, talk right. about Steph Curry, less this? Like, we want you guys to be a part of our community. Yes. <laughs> what a, what a word. Yeah. That word gets so much. That word is, is all over the place right now. Community and utility. Those are the two. If, if you're trying to learn NFTs, those are the two words you need to find within a project and figure out what yes. those are. Yes. Like, that, but like the, real community. Yeah. We've talked about community a lot and we just posted a bunch of, bunch of clips and everything you were saying was exactly what I think about when I want a community, but it's not the norm. Yeah. But let's talk about the shit communities. The shit communities <laughs> or it's all, it is all financially motivated. It's all about the floor. You go yeah. hop into discords or on Twitter. It's a bunch of people Maybe they're saying a lot of good, they're trying to hype up the project, mm -hmm. but it's 100% for their own benefit so they can then sell it. Celebrity like, endorsed. They paid somebody to change a profile picture or tweet about it. Yeah. And you can literally go into these people's wallets because everything is public. Do they even own this? <laughs> right. Like, do they even care? Like, like, how quickly are they selling their other, pro like, you can see if they're flippers and there's nothing wrong with those people. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being in it for the money, trying to flip, trying to take advantage of mm -hmm. good situations. That's not what we're saying. It's it's those people don't need to sit in the discord and and or go on Twitter and pump up a bunch of fake stuff about how awesome this project is and that just so the floor price can raise a little bit right. and then they can sell off all their stuff. It hurts the project so much. And the overall landscape of NFTs in general, like, yeah, people find it scamish. And and I understand it like. I talked about it on this podcast. The first NFT I bought was a skit. Yeah. And so, but I believe conceptually on what it could be and what it is. Like we're already seeing real life examples of it being used. Right. So it's going to be around. So that's why I'm so invested into the space. And I know you are too, but it does come back to who the creators are and what the community yes. is. Who are these people that you are in this community with? Are we only here to get paid out in two months right you know what i'm saying the long-term projections like there are then people who are seeing this stuff and they're putting their hard work hard-earned money into it thinking this project is going to continue to rise for whatever reason all of a sudden all those people are hyping it up 
just sell their bags and move on to the next one. Exactly. And honestly, that's why I like the women led projects, because to me, the discords are completely different. I'm in a couple uh, world of women, boss Boss beauties and women, women and weapons. And there's another one that I'm not in. I can't, I forget the name of it, but the girls club. It might be crypto chicks or something. I don't know. Something. Anyway, those discords are night and day from a lot of these other projects, how it's ran and things like that. Not saying that obviously men can't run projects, but it's a little bit more cohesive, a little bit more organized as far as what I've witnessed. I know there's also some shit women projects out there that are there just to raise a coin because they are playing off of, hey, I'm a woman in Web3 and support me. There's that too. hundred percent of it. There's scams everywhere, but I'm just saying like, I was attracted to those communities because there's a lot of shit talk in the discords. Like, Hey, everybody retweet this. So it looks, I hate that. Like we're all engaging and it's just there's so many people out there You the flood Twitter timelines. Yeah. It's not, it's not legit. I so, see that stuff and I unfollow immediately. Yeah, yeah. But boss beauties is hands down. To me, the best Discord out there. Yeah, and I personally think they're better than World of Women. Do you? I think they're undervalued. I was actually looking at it today and was thinking about getting back in. Cheers. <laughs> so it's like, be be very cautious about who you're in these Discords with. Because I, I just look around, I'm like, this is not the place for me. No. When you were talking about community around Carl Jones and the Bubble Goose Ballers and that whole conversation we had, that's that's what I think about community. When when you're finding a, a founder, a creator, you believe in him or her and the project or the idea that they are having and are investing your money with that long term approach of, yeah, there, there might be mistakes, there might be good times, bad times, but like you're in it for that project and that person to do well. Right, right. And I, I said it last pod, but I'm super fan of Carl Jones and didn't even know it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I didn't like, I knew Carl Jones and boondocks. Yeah. He's a creator of boondocks. I oh, like him. Oh, black dynamite. Oh, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I've been following him. So like I've got no problem investing in his project because I'm aware of what's going on and how his, his track record has rolled out. And now, you know, now you've know him a little more. You don't right. know him, but right, like right. now you're like actually learning. And it seems like you like, like Craig car Craig. Carl Jones, yeah, like even more exactly. And so, well, it, insert whoever, but again, I do want to preface like, don't get carried away by the celebrity name, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, I or people just using the word community, yeah. And I, I remove Carl Jones from that because I don't consider him a celebrity per se, but like Amila Kunes and Antonio Brown, even a Gary V, just. Don't Again, look at the team, look at the community, and that will help guide you to your answer. If 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 it's yes, owner, yes, team, yes, community, do even do some more research, but check it out. If it's no to any of those, maybe you shouldn't invest into that. So Right, I hear you. I mean, when you think you, you heard about Goblin Towns, is it what's called Goblin Towns? Yeah, I saw them blow up. Like they're blowing up and I don't know anything about the project Me either. This is just a, a, and I don't like the art, but I'm, I, I'm interested in seeing why it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Is something, was it, did Xander bring it up at VCon or, or did you like, we were talking about it. I think Xander might've, he definitely talked about it. I'm trying, I don't know yeah. where it started, but, but my thought process, like 
this was a project that I think it minted at 0.08, like a really relatively inexpensive price. And over like the last two weeks, it's climbed over seven, eight, yeah, seven or eight. I'm actually going to look at it. Yeah, look, look at it while I'm talking because what, what worries me about jumping into projects, like I don't know anything about it, but while it was climbing, when it got to two, when it got to three, granted I, I didn't have the ETH, but you start thinking, oh, should I get into this now and, and catch the ride? So now it's at 5.5. Okay, so it's, it's dipping. Yeah. I think that you're going to help my story out here. Like, think of how many people are out there as they see it slowly climb and get in at 1.5, 3. And know nothing about it. Know nothing about it. Eventually, whatever price it ends up, like, eventually those people aren't invested at all in the project. They saw an opportunity for, to, make, to make a couple bucks or really to gamble and hopefully to climb. Like, those people aren't going to hold at 7, 10, yeah. 20 ETH. Like, eventually they're going to sell. And that's going to hurt everyone who's in it for the long term. Like if you really wanted to be a part of that project and bought in at seven, right. And now it's down to five. Then you're fine. Cause you're happy. Well, yeah. you're not happy, but you're right. You're like, I believe in this and this is, this is just what it is. And right you now. had to take an L yeah, yeah. <laughs> a financial L, mm -hmm. but it just makes that now the, the, there are so many different directions. I mean, with a lot of these projects, you know, all these people who are, who are, Bitching about the government, you know, printing money and whatnot. And oh, these yeah. creators are just airdropping more tokens to these. Like they're creating these inflationary moments in these projects because people are bitching about floor price. It's like, oh, we'll airdrop you this. We'll give you this and that. Right. And it's like all in such a short period of time. Like there are all these assets. Like eventually it's just going to die. Can I ask you a question? Please. It's, it's kind of it's it's relevant, but a little bit different. Do you like with. These series, well, how do you feel about these series two projects? Because I saw Women and Weapons, they're doing a series two project. And I don't know anything about the series two project. I don't know utility or anything. So I'm not trying to shit on it. But I know what you're, I know what you're saying. It, it looks like an exact replica of what World of Women just did. With it, the galaxy? Yeah. And like what Gary is doing and like... I understand at VCon, a lot of the creators, Doodles, uh, World of Women already has their Series 2 out. Gary's got his Series 2 out. They want it to be more inclusive for people who can't afford the OG project. But I like it just seems like a fad. It doesn't seem like, what am I supposed to get? Like, with, with for example, Gary, Gary's Series 2. I can see it in real time what he's doing with it. So I trust that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I trust Yam as a creator. So, like, I'm cool with that. But, like, some of these other ones, I feel like they are just watching it and they're just doing that. Right. And that's what I think most of them are doing. Yeah. And even some of the projects, top projects are maybe even doing it for the same reason. But, but it's not the right thing to do for every project, like, in my opinion. And, and even with that reasoning in mind like that's great we want every we want it to be inclusive to everyone but how much does that decrease decrease the value or deflate the original 10,000 right and i bring up i bring up women and weapons because it's affordable oh, the og project is oh, yeah the number one yeah so like why go so why interesting series 2 of this that's why i'm like that's a really good point because it's not like that's gotten outrageously priced where 
nobody can Everybody's get them. like, damn, I want to be a part of this. Like, I get it for V Friends. I get it for World of Women. I get it for Doodles. I get it for Crypto Punks. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to do something like that. Bored Ape did it. And it, it's their series two is expensive with the mutant apes, but I don't get it from that perspective. Right. That's, I'm going to think about that one, especially for next episode. Cause that, that, that's a great example. The women and weapons one, because, because that takes away the, the financial inclusivity of, of things. I feel like it's diluting its own project. That, that's a great word. Dilution, diluting. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's not like at this point, women and weapons has transformed their IP or, or really, you know, done something mind blowingly unique where it's really catapulted itself into those top projects. Yeah. Although I think you and I both believe it will be there because of Sarah Bauman. Yeah. And I, I think she's dope, but uh, like, honestly, the reason why I got into it is because I like the art more mm-hmm. than anything like world of weapons. They have a, or world of women. They have a specific utility collab. That would be kind of tight. <laughs> that would. Although or probably not good timing. Yeah. But, <laughs> I was just about to say not these days, but like I honestly got in it into it for the art. Like, that that's when I can say I got into it for the art and others like I got into world of women for the art but other aspects as well but women and weapons strictly for the art but and again I'm not trying to shit on the project no but I feel like it was just Gary V liked the art and that's why the only reason we knew about it and I like the art too but it doesn't seem like there's a bunch of utility there right and also that series two project like like yeah, I would, I would love to have her on the pod. Yeah, I would love to have Sarah Bauman on the pod. That would be hard. We're yeah. gonna clip this. <laughs> I would love to have her on the Again, pod. Sarah, I love you. I own a bunch. <laughs> you put me on the weapons, weapons. You put me on the yeah. I minted them, so I'm not trying. I'm not trying to take anything away. I'm just trying to understand so we can we can help it, everybody it, else. A phenomenal example because we both believe in the project without seeing the clear vision of what's yeah. coming and yeah. the concept of releasing 10,000 or however many new tokens they did. Why would she do that? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll work out good. I mean, I, I shouldn't say I'm sure. Maybe, I maybe I need to pay more attention in the discord because the answer might be right in front of my face. Right. As it was just announced, I was just sitting there. The thought asking myself why the thought in itself is a, a really, a really good thing to think about. Yeah. Another reason why you, you gotta you gotta really do your own research on the creators and the founders and, and what their plan is or what you think they're capable of. Cause you know, for Gary V to have his first one was ten thousand, then he released hundred and twenty five thousand book tokens for right. almost free. I mean, really they were free basically. Kinda. And then another fifty five thousand tokens. So we're, you know, at two hundred thousand assets. There, he's. I'm sure he, they talk about dilution problems and and supply and demand and whatnot. But I trust he'll figure it out. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. and I I there's so much excitement for VF2. Like, who knows? Him, I trust. Roll the women are gonna do something with it. I don't see the vision of their PFP yet. Yeah. But I trust it. Right. There's so much other BS out there with with, you know. I don't want to say doodles. They're a good project, but like all the. I'm looking forward to the doodles series too. Yeah. To see what that is. Do you think is series two different than like derivatives? Or are you kind of thinking the same? I think derivatives are knockoffs of the. It could be a knockoff of a series two. Like the punk comics or like. like yeah. Or any, 
ape. Yeah. Okay. I, I get where you're going with that. Okay. Okay. Because like, I'll give I'll give everybody a good example. So I wanted to be in board ape, and so at the time when I first started NFTs, I found Ape Gang, and I'm like, and they're like, oh, we're gonna make a video game. We're gonna do all this stuff. We're gonna, and I'm like, cool. And then I saw one of my favorite podcasters throw up a profile picture of Ape Gang. So you're like, this has to be and I'm legit. Like, this is it. This is it. This is me. This is on. And I'm not going to say I'm educated right now, but at that point, I was just like, NFTs are cool. Like, I understand the concept of them. I need to have some. I see apes. I see monkeys. Yeah. I see, and oh, I'm like, this new apes project must be it. You know what I'm saying? So I bought uh, Ape Gang NFT and I think they went up to like 1.5 or something. But then. But then, like, I did sell, and I got out at one. Let's so go. I, I'm, I'm proud of myself for that. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> we definitely we definitely need that. Um, that's, my first, that's my first one that I hit correctly, <laughs> G. Just for context, I'm going to look up the price, the price right now. But this is, this is an example of a derivative project of somebody seeing the value in I'm going to guess here it's it under 0. 0.05. Let's see here. It is just above 0. 0.05. It's at 0. 0.07. Wow. Wow. So it's just a bunch. It's like a marriage between crypto punks and apes. Basically, they're pixelated apes. So I, I'm, I'm. Like getting into your head right now, like I could totally at the time, like see you see crypto punks and all this hype and bored apes and all this hype, and someone's making kind of a combo collab pixelated ape, like right. And my favorite podcasters are putting up their own profile pictures of ape gang, must be legit. And I'm like, oh shit, this is my chance. And this is exactly what I was talking about earlier with the celebrity influence stuff. I don't know if. They paid Andy Milanakis to put this up. I don't know if they paid Jamel Hill to put this up or whoever. You know what I'm saying? So that was, I'm happy I did that because that helped me. This goes also goes back to the Solana conversation of I need to hop in so I can figure this shit out. I might take some L's, but it's going to now progress you, into something for me. I'm sure you have this now feeling inside of you now that was created by learning about that. And yeah. Well, it was actually a pretty good experience for, for you. Yeah, yeah. But well, that, they don't end up that way because my first one, I got rugged. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, but. 90% of the time we're holding, it's going up and we're not selling and it goes back down to zero. But were you about to, you about to say something? I just lost my train of thought. Oh, I was just but. saying like that, that's a, an example of a derivative project versus a series two project. You know what I'm saying? The series two project is birthed from that same team that same creator derivative projects are, and I, there might, there might be some successful derivative. There's projects. I I don't know of any off the top of my Fox head. Right. Comics now. actually is a successful is one. I okay. don't know much about it, but it is. Okay. <laughs> I just, they're outliers. We should probably said that episode one, be very wary of the derivative projects because right? if you're feeling FOMO from board ape and you see a, like strong ape, Hungry ape. Or, yeah. Hungry, hungry hippos. Like, or whatever punk, like sports punks. Like, be wary. Be very wary of those projects. They're just, they're doing exactly what you said before. They're building up all the hype in 
this fake community that they built, they, they're probably going to say that they have some affiliation mm -hmm. towards the OG project. And people are who are ignorant, like myself, trying to get into NFTs are like, oh, they said they're a board ape official, so it must be just like when I bought Hype Hippos. Mm -hmm. They said they're the first project where you can breed NFTs. Mm -hmm. That was not the case. But I bought the hype because that was my first couple weeks I in the space. I bought the holy cows because they were going to airdrop, airdrop milk jugs so you can breed and make calves. <laughs> Wait, it's <laughs> saying it makes me sound so I, stupid. Say it all is makes both of us sound ridiculous, but. Infamous skulls. That was my first real big L. You know, jumping into V Friends is my first. Duh. NFT. My brain is in. That's a great first NFT. It was a pretty solid one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people can't say that. A lot of people can't say that. But when since that was my first, my brain has been working from like an IP, like cartoons and like that world. So when I saw Infamous Skulls and they were they were marketing as like these, there's going to be different characters from your favorite shows mm -hmm. coming up, like mm -hmm. Hey Arnold and. Rugrats and Flintstones. I'm like, oh, that's so sick. Yeah, we got yeah. this artist or whatever. Like, that IP is going to be wild. Like, <laughs> it was a complete nope. rug. Complete rug. They dis <laughs> disappeared. Shout out to and I'm, Fuck this. And on the celebrity standpoint, <laughs> did I tell you about players only? Oh, yeah. I did did I mean, you tell the story on the pod? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, and me. I wasn't prepared today, but but I had this vision <laughs> we're of here. Like looking in the camera and calling out these these athletes, <laughs> some of it. which are on the Detroit Pistons. Assholes. Come on, dude. I'm talking Michael Carter Williams, Jeremy Grant, Pistons shooting guard. Hopefully he gets traded. Terrence Ross, Dennis Smith, Lance McCullers. These are guys that started the players only NFT project, which I don't know if it's 100% official, but like it's being rugged at the moment. Like oh, yeah. they're not involved anymore. The prompt, the, it started as a, a project to gain access to that, like, you know, be able to meet them and talk to them and get their memorabilia. Like they do a lot of raffles for jerseys and sign cards and a lot of cool stuff that mm -hmm. I, I don't necessarily think that's how you build a project long term. But I was like, oh, we got a, a, a handful of, Decent NBA play, decent. <laughs> I was about to say legit. I meant Stop legit, it. like they are professional mm -hmm. basketball players. Some are better than the others, but it's like, oh, I'm gonna hop into this for for a little bit and and experience it. And you know, they did these raffles. People were winning this stuff and never receiving their signed jerseys and ball like stuff that's not really not that hard. I guess for that kind of do that kind of answers my question that I had for you. What <laughs> do you think? they morally or immorally did that or they just don't know what the hell that they're doing? I think they, I think it started, I, I think they didn't know what they're doing and for whatever reason got in over their head. Mm. The problem is that they're not doing anything to address it now. They're, they're disappeared. They're not involved. Like in their moderators in the discord too, it's all a bunch of, of lip talk if they respond to anything. So their discord is now a bunch of people holders that are like, where is everyone? Like we're all getting rugged, blah, blah, blah. I hate that. So, I, I blow up discords when they do that. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's like you made, I think they made a million dollars off of the mint, the project. And, and I really don't like, we're actually about to talk about other dudes money, but like, <laughs> I don't like talking about other people's hard earned money. Yeah. But there's a handful of, 
basketball players who have made millions of dollars who are not doing anything to make people whole or feel comfortable about the project. Like Mm -hmm. maybe it is you refund them or something, but I only get to that point because they're not doing anything within the project to build it back up, you know? So they have an opportunity to make things right or talk to us or explain or, or one person to just come and say, Hey guys, like we got in over our head. Screwed up. Yeah. That's what we were talking about with Cool Cats other yeah, other yeah. Pod. Like they they tried to do this game, it did not work out, and the community was upset about it. But they stood in front of everybody, and they're like, "Hey, this is what we tried to do. It didn't go that way. Here's what we're doing now." And like, what happened? Floor price went back up. Like that's like that's a community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's how you build a community when you have a mistake. We we've we, in our in our. In your line of work, in my old line of work, like there's a lot of variables and and things go wrong often when you're dealing with technology and sales and supply chain nowadays and logistics. So like the best thing you can do is to just be upfront and like tell your customer, your client, customer, these NFT products, we're customers. Like the community, just talk to us. Own up and have a solution. Yeah. Because we're in this because you are your people's heroes. We believe in you. We believe in you. So like. All you got to do is come talk to us and uh, to double down like Michael Carter Williams, you go to his Twitter, he's promoting all these other pro- like he's not not talking about NFTs. Oh, he's, like, taking, he's, he's taking bags. Yeah, like he's in the world. So I don't know. Le- is he in the world legitimately or he's just taking bags to promote that? That's what I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, but the and fact if that's that he's the case, who would want Michael Carter Williams as their like guy? <laughs> right. But but you you think like. He was never my favorite. Like, I didn't follow him as a basketball player, but there were other athletes. Like Micah Johnson's a former baseball player. I never followed him as a as a baseball player. I knew who he was, but he's jumped into the NFT world and he's becoming a Nate. Like oh, he's partnered sweet. with he's got a partnership with Vayner Sports, but he's got his own project, Akutar. Okay. And again, I don't know much about it, but like he's a very well known name now in the space. He's He's turning these characters and like, I think he's got a, a film, an actual film deal to turn it into Sweet. a movie or something legit. Akutar, I'll look into that. But I guess the point I was making was he wasn't like some, he wasn't an all-star baseball player or one of the top players, but he's making a name for himself in NFTs doing, being an artist mm-hmm. and being a creator. Like Michael Carter Williams could have been, could have done that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, but he's clearly in it for the wrong. Right reasons like it's 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 sad because you know i i mean i could use the money now but i'm gonna be okay yeah i only only put in a couple hundred bucks but there's a lot of people who look up to these people and there there's there was a time in my life where a hundred dollars was like an insane amount of money and it's still a lot of money yeah like i don't look down on a hundred dollars but like it's not people save up you save up and you put 500 or a thousand dollars into players only like hoping you can get a jersey you're hoping you get five minutes with with, with your whoever. favorite yeah and look at the end of this all that's come of this is me want the pistons to trade jeremy grant yeah immediately <laughs> send him to portland for nothing yeah actually i'm with you on that but we'll t- not for nothing we'll take a draft pick <laughs> i mean nothing just not like nothing. the way <laughs> that is we'll, shitty we'll though. move on but the thing i take away is i don't want if i were an nba team i wouldn't want any of those guys on my team because they they don't operate with scam, high integrity. Scam, scammy. Like, yeah. I don't think I don't think Jeremy Grant will be a part of a winning team. There are a couple of players that are all on the Orlando Magic. 
I'm considering placing <laughs> bets against the Magic doing well next year. Yeah. Because I know, like, you can't have people like that and, and have a winning culture. Right, right. Crazy. He's trying to, just trying to get one of oh, the common folks. I was heated up there. <laughs> you lit them up. You lit them up. But he it's well deserved, it. man. It's well deserved. You put your name on something, you deserve, like, like us. Yeah. Like, we don't want to half asses. Like, no. It's not, it's not like we're just bullshitting. You know? Have you ever worked in a restaurant? I have not. I'm too clumsy. That's why. <laughs> that's fine. The one thing I, 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 I worked at, I was a host and a server after college when I was training to play baseball and trying to make it. One of the things I learned on the first day and then got to see it play out is, is you, uh, you can turn a bad experience into like a, a loyal customer mm -hmm. or you like just by addressing it head on. Like sometimes whether the food's cold or, or timing's off, like if you handle it the right way, that person has an even better experience and will come back the next time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just get out of Comp them or something. Yeah. Like some sort of solution. Come so, hey, with a solution. We messed up. Yeah, yeah. This is what we're going to do. We would love to have you back. Right. And 99% right. of the time, those people would come back. Right. I would come back. And have a pleasant experience the next time. 100%. 100%. Speaking of having a pleasant experience, I wanted to shout out Jenny from the blockchain. I thought she did a fantastic job at VCon. We really meant to do that last episode when we did our VCon deep dive. Yeah, give her a give, round of Give Jenny one more shout out. Shout out Jenny from the blockchain. <laughs> Dude, she was just she was just nominated. Her and her uh, podcast ho guest host, I think his name is Michael Keane. Michael okay. Kane. They're nominated for NFT Podcast of the Year and NFT NYC coming up in a Dope. couple weeks. So I want to go to NFT or NYC NFT next year. If yeah, we can figure that out. Let's let's do it. Let's plan for next year. Yeah, we'll make it a birthday trip. That'll be a back to back. Yeah, right. Yeah, if if, if they do VCon at the same time. Okay, Art Art Basel. Yeah, Art Basel is what November ish. I think, think so. it was the end of the year in Miami. Yeah. Oh, we definitely going. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but Jenny, uh, Jenny for the blockchain. She's one of my favorite podcasters. Yeah. She was a, a moderator at VCon. Which we hope to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We definitely hope to do that. I went public with that on, on Twitter. I saw I that the other out. day. I got to control my ums before I'm able to go up there. But <laughs> we, we would prepare. Yeah. We would prepare. Hopefully we'll get some coaching if everything works out. Yeah. But. No, I think like. I, what I believe that they didn't have a lot of like runway leading into these interviews or I, at least from from her podcast like oh, she was talking yeah. about didn't have a use here's your here's your the people you're moderating she held it down i went to a couple of her panels like she like controlled the whole situation i think she was the first to ask audience members questions so i was gonna say at, at the end of the day like she brought the energy like like you yeah. could tell she was up there just just going for it she was vibrant. Yeah, i appreciated that yeah yeah, I'm rooting for her. Especially since a lot of us were hung over on our third cup of coffee. Like, she woke us up. I, yeah. That was dope. Yeah. <laughs> I love that energy. Jenny from the blockchain. Yeah, shout out to you. Great name, too, by the way. Like, Very creative. A lot, a lot of these NFT names, like, I feel like I got to change mine. <laughs> I got to figure something out. <laughs> you, they're, they're, you get a new ENS? Yeah, new yeah. ENS domain? No, I've got a... One of the ones that's completely random that I bought. You remember Backyard Baseball? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have BackyardBaseball.eth. Do you for real? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I, I think like a small Canadian like marketing media team like purchased the IP like 10 years ago, but they're not doing anything with it. But man, I don't even know if I should say this live. Like <laughs> I'm not doing anything with it right now, but like I think something like that is a, is a really 
perfect like NFT project use case in terms of like the different characters and that it's gamified and then there's football and oh yeah like yeah remember pablo sanchez yeah that's the only one i know me too (laughs) but like i you remember you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah we play that on the computer on the desktop (laughs) backyard the backyard games are sweet like backyard basketball soccer all of that football crazy man yeah i don't know if you should have said that Well, I, I own Doucet.eth, so I was what is it? Doucet.eth. Oh, yeah. It's a cognac that Jay-Z owns. I was like, if I get this, maybe I'll talk mm, to Hove. Rock Nation. <laughs> this, you just, just trade it for uh, trade it for a couple minutes. I've also got belly. All the Smoke. I like that one. Yeah, All the Smoke.eth. It's a great podcast, oh, too. Yeah, shout out to y'all. Hopefully, I get to speak to Matt Barnes about that one, too. I like him. <laughs> Did we say Jenny from the Blockchain's NFT? Uh, or... Uh, or Podcast for podcast, yes. Check out the catcher N- podcast. Or NFT, is the, it's NFT. the NFT catcher podcast. Got you. NFT catcher podcast. Don't want to butcher that. Uh, it's all audio. They got some cool guests. They had Mumbot on there a couple weeks ago. I was jelly. I really want Mumbot. Jealous. Yeah, right. Mumbot, we need you. Crazy. Just throwing that out there. You know what? You know what's also crazy? What is crazy? When you have a bank account that has three commas. Yes. Is that would that would that be a Billy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know Comma Gang. You know we have an active NBA player who's Comma now, Gang. Now in comma the comma gang. gang. Hold on. This might need two round of pauses back to back. I know we've done a lot of round of pauses this episode, but hey, we're giving our people their flowers. Yeah. Shout out to LeBron James, first active billionaire, I think player. Like like a billionaire currently playing. Currently playing. Yeah. Like yeah. MJ MJ became a billionaire. And it's just weird to think about that because I remember and I, I know you remember too when he was at St. Vincent St. Mary's he bought the Hummer the Hummer that got him in trouble but it was like I'm going to the league guys like I'm gonna pay you guys like do you remember the story did he get a like did he get a loan or the the dealership I think the dealership it, gave it off the strength of that's LeBron because they know he had like a guaranteed I'm trying to remember back. Didn't he have a guaranteed contract with was with Nike? Like as soon as he graduated, yeah. so like they knew it was like a hundred million dollars. I don't know if you remember, but it was on the cover of Slam. It was him and Sebastian Telfair. Do you remember Sebastian? Yeah. Telfair? Oh, he, he that was, was like in New the, York. That was like the complete. You know what could happen in your career <laughs> as a young player, like the Telfair complete didn't pan out. Guys, no. I don't know if he's in jail or not currently, but he's definitely had some issues. But LBJ from that moment on. It's just crazy to think about because automatically when I think of LeBron James, I think of Derrick Rose. And I think of them because of how they came up. They two guys from the bottom, the bottom, bottom. And to see LeBron James as a billionaire and empower all of his boys, Maverick, Rich Paul, like all those guys around them, they're running they made him the billionaire. Mm-hmm. Derrick Rose, his circle was his brothers, and they were getting in trouble left and right. So it was just LeBron, obviously super, super, super talented and um, very probably the highest basketball IQ ever. But he was very, very lucky with the people who he came up. He's smart. Yeah. Because like uh, normally the story that you hear is, you got that friend who's taking advantage of you. You've got that family member that's always needing something, but they always harp on your harp strings that I did this for you growing up. About ah. athletes going broke yeah. after they make it At- because there's so many people with their hands down. whoever, like people who have money. Maverick and those guys, they're like, hey, we're going to earn ours. 
And like they did it the right way. You know what I'm saying? Like Rich Paul is a feared agent. And and I don't know the origin of that story, but I'm pretty sure I read or saw something like that's they had that conversation when they were forming their they were they were friends before, but when they were forming the circle around the brand, yeah. it was like we're we're making this as a business, not handouts. Like you play basketball. Yes. We got you. Yeah. And like that happens, but it doesn't get executed. Right. So it's like, oh, the homie, he's he's at football practice. He's not even gonna notice that I need this 12K to handle this. But you hear you know about you like, take advantage of. Yeah. These and that's how these guys go broke. Like they trust the wrong people. And to to have that circle cool. built in that everybody is like minded on thriving on the highest level, essentially. Like ex- execution was flawless here. I, I mean, the fact that you can put Rich Paul and Maverick Carter in the same conversation as LeBron, like from a business standpoint. Yeah. Like, and I think there's all elite. They've got another boy. I think his name is Randy. Forgive me if that's not his name, but he manages LeBron's day to day. Another like legend. That. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, you play basketball. You get your body right. We're going to get you the, the movie mm-hmm. deal. We're going to get you the HBO deal. We're going to open up this agency. Get Bla- players, Blaze Pizza. Yeah, Bla- we're gonna figure out the. We're gonna bring these ideas to your table. You give us the thumbs, thumbs up. up, thumbs down. Like they really did that. <laughs> I mean, you've, granted, it was kind of a flop, but he made Space Jam too. Like, yeah, like that was he. He produced it, I think. Yeah, and I he was in that movie with Amy Schumer that mm-hmm. apparently was good. I didn't see it, but they said he was funny in it, and he's got his Spring Hill production company. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I don't know the, the stat, but I, I, when I was prepping, I had, you know, he really had no money growing up. Like he moved, I don't know if it was 10 or like 30, like he moved all the time. Right. And I think had to move in with a family member, his grandma, because his mom couldn't support him. Right. And get like, she needed to save up money and whatnot. And they moved for the last 19 years of his NBA career has been making 140 grand a day. Right. That's a day. Insane. Insane. Like, and then whenever he puts up that hashtag, a kid from Akron, that that hits. You know what I mean? Like, he really came from nothing. Like all those mm-hmm. guys. And personally, I think this is his greatest achievement. Like, because you pick the right team, you are supremely talented and do what you do. But you trusted these group of brothers, yes. and they they got you there. Like, and, and you got there. What thirty eight years old? That's incredible. He's gonna be playing for. Two or three more, he says. So he says. And he's going to, he's, I think he's going to be like an owner. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like, there's rumors about two more, I think two more teams being added, Seattle and Vegas. To the NBA? Yeah, expansion team. I keep seeing those polls pop up on IG or, or Twitter. Like, yeah. If, if you were a new, where would you put your new NBA franchise? Seattle, you know, uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, Seattle or Vegas, and they were talking about bumping Memphis to the east. Interesting. Yeah. I would love Memphis. and I mean, I, as a Pistons fan, that I would have like, <laughs> I would love seeing them more. I think it would either between, it would have to be Memphis or New Orleans. You would have to move one of them to the east. Got you. But Seattle needs a team, man. Wow. Seattle needs a team. I wonder how soon, I wonder how soon we're going to see a player owning a team that he plays on. This could be it. It could. Like, do you think? He could take a shot at a team in the next two years. If anybody can do it, it's him. I don't, I'm, I, it would be crazy. I wonder what rules are like if they're, 
rules in the league and play. He could literally sign his own teammates and knows. But let's be real. I mean, he does that. He does that already. Yeah. I would not hire him as a GM. <laughs> no. He's he's going to bleed himself out. I LeBron's not my favorite basketball player of all yeah. time. I respect his game, and he's literally top two or three ever. But the, the most impressive part to me, like, he was the he was the chosen one, like yeah. as a high schooler, and we haven't heard. I don't think there's been one time where he's been involved in, in yeah. something in something bad off the court, off the court, yeah, like like maybe an occasional like me like an interview or whatever, but like nothing serious. He doesn't get into trouble. I mean, for the most part, he makes all the right decisions and and tends to to mm. say all the right things and the stuff that he does for Akron and and building schools and and helping out yeah. communities that need him like that's it's so impressive that he's he's done this for so long and so well yeah like he, you can't imagine i mean you can't imagine the type of reach that he has it's it's amazing he didn't pull a russell wilson and dump savannah for rihanna yeah right <laughs> that would have been the ultimate <laughs> that all he did was was uh south of savannah savannah's beautiful kick, but I, i'm just saying well, he, did. he didn't do any of that stuff. Any of the stuff that you would typically think like these things could go left. Right. It he never went left. He didn't even murder Delonte West. Yeah. After he slept with his mom. Yeah. I, I'm sure Delonte felt something. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to feel something for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, it's a, it's an incredible feat. Like I'm with you. LeBron isn't like my, my favorite, favorite player, but he's my favorite person. He's yeah. Definitely in there. So Actually, the worst thing he ever did was the decision, like putting on that <laughs> program to go down to Miami. That was See, stupid. The thing was, like, I was a super, super LeBron fan before that, before that. And then he did that. And that's when I didn't like him. And because I felt like he ruined basketball and I kind of still hold, do hold that to him a little bit. That's that's the reason why I say he's not my favorite player, because I and I get the comparison of he they actually built that team versus KD joining a team that was already built. But at the same time that, that these last, I'm going to remove this year, mm -hmm. maybe even remove last year, but the 10 years prior to that was all dominated by dudes who want to team up because LeBron did it first. Right. It's just, I hated that era, which is why I hated that era, man. I love the finals right now because yeah. it's all homegrown. Like literally they drafted their talent and they're in the finals. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Like a couple, everybody needs a couple tweaks here with some yeah. cool free agents and stuff like that. But to bring like top 10 players to your team to team up and yeah, dude, and completely makes the rest of the league irrelevant. It's not fun. Right. I hated that. So that, that sort of goes back. Did you hear that Stephen A interview? Oh, yeah. on, I think it was first take earlier in the week saying that that MJ is actually like one of the worst things for basketball. Just an egregious. Take. How crazy is that? Like he, he was saying that Michael Jordan was so great that he made it an individual game and we subscribe to the individuals and not the teams anymore mm -hmm. and i'm like that's fucking dumb man we <laughs> we still love the pistons it wasn't like chauncey and cole right you know what i'm saying like that might have been the case for the philadelphia 76ers at the time with ai <laughs> but right you know what i'm saying it wasn't like he was reaching i mean the we everybody has a, even before mj everybody had their favorite player yeah so it's just like you, you know, just want to stay some shit to rile some people up a little clickbait i think i think it 
it got to KD or something too, and like it's like, dude, he's the best. Of and all now time. Stephen A got the engagement, so Stephen A won. It was just that was my opinion. That's why it's kind of hard to trust, you know, trust everything out there because it was totally clickbait. I mean, now we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. How are you gonna say that Michael Jordan was worth for the? I, I get it. You know, people started marketing him, Sprite and Nike, like, but, but come on, the game is what it is because of Michael Jordan. The game is what it is, man. Crazy. I got a trivia question for you. Yeah, let's do it. Speaking of money, we're talking about a lot of money right now. Okay. Trivia question. What is, or actually who wore the most expensive pair of shoes ever worn in an NBA game? Not, Sold after, you know, there are some okay. million dollars. So the the per the purchase of the shoe, the shoes worn. at the time it was worn. Okay, the most expensive shoe ever ever worn. And I'll give you a hint: it happened in the last year. Oh, I think I know what you're referring to now. I'm gonna say like six hundred grand. Uh, we'll, we'll go the dollar amount after. Who is the player? Oh, oh, it's uh. Or guess both. 600 grand, good guess. It actually is lower than that. Was it? Okay. Because I forgot who the player was, but this was, he had a board ape on his shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese, yeah, yeah. Because he he's got a purple one, right? Or something like Yeah, that. purple or pink or something. While he was on the king, so it kind of. Yeah, he bought his board ape for 140 grand and put it on a shoe. Okay. On his shoes and wore it during a basketball game. I don't know why I said 600 grand. And I <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, there are sneakers, there are shoes sell, selling for millions of dollars, like old, old Air Force, or not Air Force Ones, old Jordans. There, there are shoes selling for a lot of money, but like usually someone doesn't buy a hundred grand pair of right, shoes right, and then right. wear them. But right. So it's kind of a trick question, <laughs> but no one, he couldn't wear those shoes. He couldn't make those shoes without buying the Board Ape IP right. to then put on the shoes. So right. he had to pay 140 grand. Put on the shoes and worn them. Makes sense. So like, if anyone wanted to wear those, they would have to do the same thing. They have to pay 140 grand. And That's fucking crazy, right? Nuts, man. NFTs, bro. Crazy. We're in a different space. I love it. Everyone's shoes moving forward are going to be their own NFT brand. I think I think we've done it for the day, brother. Dude, this was high energy. We this ran was pretty through, good. We ran through a lot of topics. I was telling Matt off mic, we've got enough to do two pods. <laughs> yes. So there's a lot that we didn't even touch on, but I'm going to give you a piece of homework before we, before we, Oh yeah. What's up? Sign off. By the time I record next, I'm going to need you to watch the new Nipsey hustle motivation. Yeah. Documentary. Yes, I do. I meant to do that. I even got my marathon shirt on today. Oh, let's go. I meant to do that. They did like a premiere and everything. And what? when you first brought it up, I thought you meant the one that he did while he was still with us, but I'm going to watch that tonight. Yes. How can I do it? It's quick. It's like 30, <laughs> 45 minutes. Bang it out. I learned a lot about him. I keep learning more about these guys. It's awesome. Sweet. It's awesome. I can't wait to talk about it. Thank you, everybody. Till next time. Hey, G. My man.